0: SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.
1: Paranormal experiences don't really work to a timescale. And therefore, we invite you to listen to a dark minisode. Hello listeners, and welcome back to the first Dark Minisode of Season 14. The Minisodes were just going to be for Season 13, and just because that took place in October. However, following your feedback, we've decided to keep them going. Because it's not just lip service when I do say that this is your show, and what you say goes... I'm merely the conduit to tell your true paranormal experiences. Some of the experiences that you hear on this show on a minisode, you may well have heard before. And that's for several reasons. One, some people do like to send their experiences to multiple paranormal podcasts. And secondly, many of the experiences covered on our minisodes, I will be taking from my back catalogue, of over five years of people's personal paranormal experiences that they've shared with me for different projects. Like I've said before, I love doing these little minisodes because I think shorter stories can bring out some things that you wouldn't expect. I call them authenticators, or little things which shouldn't really be within a small tale if it was fictional. But for these minisodes, I won't point them out. I'll leave that to you. Of course, on these minisodes, there's shorter appetisers, if you will, in between episodes of The Dark Paranormal. And therefore, we won't have all the sound effects and bells and whistles as we would with a standard Dark Paranormal episode. But we will, at the very least, give you something paranormal to mull over during the working week. And so, with that said, let's jump right into our first mini-sode for season 14. Dear Kevin, This story covers almost four decades, so I'll try and keep it as condensed as possible. My mam, dad and little brother moved to an old two-bed Victorian house in Sunderland in 1978, when I was three. It needed a lot of work doing, so we kind of moved around rooms as they were completed. Once it was complete, my mum and dad kept changing bedrooms with me and my brother. Well, I didn't question this, being only in single digits of age. Around this time, if my mum ever needed anything from the back bedroom, she would always send me up to get it whatever it was, a hairbrush, a scarf. I used to run up the stairs, run in the room and be out before the door had swung shut. In truth, I just didn't like being in there on my own. Also, around this time, my brother and I had permanently taken up residence in said bedroom. As I hit puberty, though... And after the arrival of a little sister, my mum and dad splitting up and the front room being split into two to allow my brother to have some boy space, my mum moved downstairs and used the front room as her bedroom. Well, great news for me as I got the big bedroom to myself. And she spent a fortune doing it up for me. I was cool with it. The uneasy memories forgotten, as I had other things on my mind, like getting hammered with my mates down the park, and learning how to get served in the off-licence. Plus, it was sleepover central for me and my mates. Anyway, every morning, pretty much as soon as I moved in there, I would feel terrified on waking So much so, I didn't dare open my eyes some mornings. I would literally jump out of that bed and run downstairs. I had a sense that from the built-in wardrobe in the corner of the room, there was something moving towards me. I could feel it, but I never dared look. That seems stupid now. My mam used to laugh it off. Until one night, when I woke up screaming. There was something pushing under me. And I was lying in an unnatural position to be asleep in. Kind of between on my side and my back. My mam came running upstairs and scooped me up and took me into her room. She calmed me down, but I couldn't explain what happened. In the morning, she said she'd heard a scream and ran upstairs with the dog. But the dog wouldn't enter the room. She said it like I was having a night terror, because she couldn't get any sense out of me. So that's what it was put down to. Just to mention that the dog would sit in the living room under the bedroom and the wardrobe, and sit looking at the ceiling and start to make strange noises. A few days later, I was walking to college and realised how late I was. So, realising I was going to get told off either way, I decided to turn around and spend the day at home. Downstairs, mind you. I opened the front door, hung my coat up, and walked into the... There was a vicar sitting in the living room with my mother, WTF. She said, ''Um, oh, this is Reverend Somebody from St Andrews. He's just called in to chat about John, who was her partner, and her getting married as they were both divorced.'' ''Yeah, right, ma'am.'' ''So I went to college and got bollocked anyway.'' and came home later, and asked why he was really there. She said, Well, it was after the other night. I thought it would do no harm if he came and said a few prayers, you know, just in case. Okay. A few days later, I was in my room getting some stuff out of my wardrobe, and a huge crucifix fell out on top of me. Cue the omen music. I found small vials of water, I'm guessing holy water, stashed in the nooks and crannies around the house, and a framed picture of Mary and Jesus. We're not religious, by the way. When I asked, she hadn't told me why all this religious paraphernalia was in the room. She said just to make sure you're okay? God, I could punch her. Sorry, I'd never punch my own mother, but writing this down has knocked me slightly. Anyways, things did calm down, and I moved to university, and my brother commandeered the bedroom. And I was moved to the smallest bedroom for when I came home. But when I did come home... I would suffer from both sleep paralysis and nightmares in that small room. Well, great. One night, I could open my eyes, but I couldn't move anything else. And I was screaming inside for something to make it stop. When my mam came up and switched on the light to see if I was okay. Well, this brought me out of the paralysis. And I asked her why it was she'd come upstairs. She said the picture of my great-grandma had fallen off the wall at the bottom of the stairs. So she'd come to investigate. Weird. Get ahead of postage
0: rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No
1: long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Around this time, I went out for a drink with my dad and happened to mention all of the weird goings-on. He tutted and said, Your mam hated that room. That's why we used to switch all the time. She felt like something was trying to roll her over at night. And she had the blankets yanked off her a few times as well. Now, Dad's a bit of a sceptic, and he just wrote it off as her being neurotic. When I asked her about it when I got home, she admitted everything. And said she just didn't want to scare me. Okay. Okay. We did do some research on the house, but we came up with nothing. Nothing other than the little girl next door who used to talk to a man who played a piano. And that on the crossroads a few houses up, there was apparently once a gallows. Hmm. Fast forward to 2003, the back bedroom ended up being my children's room for when they slept over at my mum's, after my brother moved out. They're all boys, so no need to be scared, apparently. My brother also never had anything weird happen whilst he was there the whole time. Fast forward again to 2009, and my brother died unexpectedly. Needless to say, it was a pretty horrific time for us all. The night he died, I slept in that room. I was too distraught to care about getting manhandled by a spirit in the middle of the night. It was an awful night, but I also felt strangely calm. I also felt my hair being played with. My brother used to do this when we were little, when he felt scared. Between his passing and the funeral, we all had a few strange experiences, coincidences, or whatever you want to call them. My husband, who is 100% sceptical, experienced them too, and even he was spooked we decided on two songs for the service and we were stuck with the last one. We had We Are Going To Be Friends by White Stripes and Made Of Stone by The Stone Roses. My husband and I couldn't sleep one night and switched the radio on to listen to The Ashes, which is a cricket contest. Whilst flicking through the stations, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd was on two different stations at more or less the same time. And we came across it as it was the first few opening notes. This was one of his favourite songs. I went into shops and it was playing. It would come on on the car radio. It was just bloody weird. Well, needless to say, we chose that song. When my mam and I went to pick up his ashes, I went for a few drinks with my husband and we walked into the bar and guess what was on the jukebox. After that, nothing really happened until one night I was getting ready to meet my husband in town in my own house. I was once again running late and he kept ringing me to say, hurry up, etc., I'd finished my hair and put my hair dryer down. And then I felt something pull the back of my hair. I jumped up and I said, ''Greg, if that's you, pack it in!'' I sat back down and it happened again. I remember thinking to myself, ''Something big is going to happen tonight.'' And I was trying to find a pen which is a lost cause in this house, when my husband once again rang to tell me to hurry up. Well, we went out, we had a skin full, and I was woken in the morning by him telling me Osama bin Laden had been killed by American troops. I bloody knew it. My brother, you see, firmly believed that bin Laden had nothing to do with 9-11, Controversial, I know. But he had piles of books, videos, etc., all on the subject. I wish I'd only found a bloody pen to prove to my sceptical husband there is something beyond death. Make out of that what you will. My husband reckons I'm balmy. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the tale of my mother reneging her duty to keep me safe whilst I was a child and the weird message from beyond the grave. Keep up the good work, Georgia. Well, thank you, Georgia. You're somewhere out there you may not even be aware that your story from a long time ago has featured as Minisode number one on episode 14. This is why we do the Minisodes, It's also why I do the Patreon show Dark Bites. You see, we do receive hundreds of emails every month. But using George's email as an example, we could never use that for the dark paranormal as it would be too short. However, these paranormal experiences deserve an audience. And we will never repeat those experiences... By that I mean, the stories you hear on our minisodes will never be heard on Dark Bites, and the stories our Patreons get on Dark Bites will never be heard on a minisode, save for some error on my behalf, which although I'll do my utmost not to, is not a guarantee given my current state. As you can tell... By my voice, or probably can tell by my voice, I'm still fighting this flu-slash-cold-whatever-it-is. Touch wood, all will be healed by Friday. And until then, stay safe, take care, and don't forget, if you would like to listen to those Dark Bites episodes, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash paranormal. I'll hopefully speak to you all with a clearer voice on Friday... And until then, goodbye.